This is Brian Thompson, and I am sitting here with Zach and Dustin on $2 Late Fee. My favorite name for a podcast. Good job, guys. Before there was IMDB.com, there was Zach and Dustin. Congrats! You found $2 Late Fee, the best 80s movies podcast in the world. We revisit our favorite 80s movies. And sometimes 90s. And soundtracks from our youth. And then we interview our favorite people who help make them. All in the spirit of nostalgic positivity. Thanks for listening. Society is breeding a new kind of criminal. It's also breeding a new kind of cop. Meet Cobra. He does the job nobody wants. Did you use unnecessary deadly force? I used everything I had. Do you know you have an attitude problem? Yeah, but it's just a little one. Do what you have to do to get a lead on this maniac. And if I find him, do what you do best. Stallone is Cobra. The strong arm of the law. Do you feel the heat? I feel the uh, the heartburn, <laughs> the acid reflux that this from watching that Cobra? This movie causes. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Just kidding. J.K. LOL. Happy face emo- emoji. Right off the bat, I'm realizing that this movie uh, shares a connection with uh, Boogie Nights in more ways than one. I know. I, I felt very excited for you when I um when <laughs> I really when I excited. realized that I was like, oh boy. This is a good day for Zach. Boogie Nights being your third favorite movie of all time. <laughs> I think so. Yep. Uh number two or number three. It, it 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 shifts. It shifts from two and three. Oh yeah. So obviously Cobra shares a connection with one of your favorite films, Beverly Hills Cop, right? Beverly mm-hmm. Hills Cop's one of your favorite eighties movies. Is that is that fair? Sure is. That is accurate. That is correct. Okay. And so I think most people probably know that connection, that that's a old school story, right? Do you think they, do you think people do? Maybe you tell that, tell that old school story as if you were a grandfather. Uh, Well, harkening back. it it was the heydays of 1982. I don't know when originally the script got circulated, but Stallone was originally offered Axel Foley role for Beverly Hills Cop. Don Simpson had just done four lines of cocaine and he was feeling <laughs> Jerry Bruckheimer. I um can you imagine can you imagine if Sylvester Stallone had done Beverly Hills Cop? I would it would not be in my top five. It wouldn't be in my top anything. Do you think it would be closer to stop or my mom will shoot kind of level? I don't think it, it wasn't gonna be a comedy. That's for sure, which is why Cobra is what it is, because he's because I think he took a lot of these ideas that he had for the Beverly Hills Cop script and brought them over to to Cobra. But this Cobra has comedic moments between him and his partner, Um, right? If there were comedic moments, I seem to have missed them. (laughs) I maybe. Maybe I, I fell asleep. I don't know. 
I don't know. In a in an eighty six minute movie, you fell asleep. Um. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hey, hey, listeners, if you're just joining us, you know, my mantra is that ninety minutes or less. Every movie, every yeah. sh- every every art work in the world could be 90 minutes or less um, with some exceptions Sorry. but really yeah. we don't need we don't need to do anything for two hours um you know it's it's very rare for our podcast to go over 90 minutes there's probably uh i don't know i could probably count on one hand the amount of times um yeah. and uh you know i'm not saying people don't enjoy it this is just my personal philosophy i feel like things work better my brain works better if it's 90 minutes. If I see a running time for 90 minutes, I go, boom, sweet spot. I celebrate as I'm watching. However, uh, with Cobra, today's movie, today's film, cult classic Cobra, cult classic Cobra on uh, on HBO. Um, <laughs> we just show Cobra all day long. <laughs> I, uh, you know, seen this movie a ton. I've seen it a bunch. And not to go off on some kind of digression here, but just to say... That no, this was very, it was very boring. I found Cobra to be very boring. Um, I'm just going to okay. say it right now, everybody. If you're listening, if you're outraged, good. Because that's what we need from our listenership. A little bit of outrage. You know, everybody's mad about everything in the world. But if you want to get mad <laughs> that Cobra is a little boring, um, so be it. Here's your invitation. I agree there's some dull moments. I don't agree that it's very boring. I agree that it, there are dull moments in the film. I feel like we can call those out if we need to. Um, but as far as the comedic stuff is concerned that I referenced, you know, his Cobra, I mean, we can go over the plot and all that in just a second. Um, but Cobra's relationship with his partner, Tony Gonzalez, played by Rennie Santoni, who I think is a highlight of the film. You know, when this is over, I like to celebrate by punching a hole in Monty's chest. You know what the trouble with you is? You're too violent. Mm. It's all that sugar you're eating. It's all that the junk first food. sugar I had all it's day. It's all that junk food you're swallowing. Oh, shit. Try prunes, something natural. Prunes? Raisins. Try fish. Fish and rice. Very good. Yeah. Would you agree that he's a highlight of the film? I mean, there's very few things that that Santoni isn't a highlight of. I mean, that guy is... Poppy, baby. Poppy from Seinfeld. Jerry, I made you something special. uh, He's not washing his hands. He was Poppy in Seinfeld. He was Chico in Dirty Harry. And he was Ramon in Bad Boys. Yep. The, the Bad Boys from 1983 with Sean Penn. Right. The original Bad Boys. Yes. Not to be confused with the Will Smith, Martin Lawrence. Which is a great movie, by the bad way. Boys. If, if you've never seen that Bad Boys from 1983, uh, go watch the it. The original now. Bad Boys is a great movie. How do you feel about uh, Michael Bay's Bad Boys? Never seen it. What? I never watched How'd it. How'd that happen? How'd that get, how'd that get by you? I'm not a big Will Smith fan. Yeah, but you're like... I mean, we've never talked about this part. Obviously, you you know you love the '80s and and the '90s, but didn't weren't you? I mean, did you own Entertainment Weekly? Yes, I had a subscription. Okay, yes, that just makes sense. We never, we literally never talked about this, but that just seems no. like a layup, a given, right? You because you 
that's going to tell you what's coming out. It's very exciting. Remember yeah. the, the summer blockbuster um, issue was always a little bit thicker, you know, yes. and it was like, oh, what's coming out Memorial Day? Like, what, blah, blah. And, uh, and Bad Boys was a summer movie, summer blockbuster. So that just seems like it would, would have been on the cover for sure. And you would have been like, oh, I got to see this. I got to see this. And I got to see this opening day. Well, I'll, I'll tell you. Maybe you were a little older, but I don't know. I could be rewriting history just a little bit, but um, I believe one of the reasons why, besides not being a fan of Martin Lawrence or Will Smith, I just wasn't like I didn't dislike them, but I didn't like seek out their movies because they were in it. But also, this is an era which many people will remember. You could not reserve seats. You had to wait in line up to two hours to see oh, a yeah. brand new movie oh, or yeah. three hours or four yeah. or dare I say five or six. Um, we're not in that era now. So waiting that long to watch a movie is ridiculous, let alone a line at Comic-Con, but that's a whole other podcast. Um, so I think potentially one of the reasons why I didn't want to go see it was because I didn't want to sit in line for that long to see a movie that I wasn't jazzed about to begin with. Interesting. That was 95 that that one came out. So, um... I think reserve seating had, hadn't happened until, I'd say, mid to late 2000s. Yeah, and then some theaters were, you know, really, really on it. Obviously, I think Arclight out here was, like, one of the first to do it. And it was like, holy cow, this is, this is like, flying first class. But it wasn't like, it wasn't like the experience itself was like that, you know. But you're just like, oh, I don't need to, I can come in, like, right as the trailers. And my seat is, like, guaranteed. And it's my seat. I mean, what a, what a luxury. What a luxury. And Arclight, for those that don't know, Arclight is no longer with us, but it was one of the nicest theaters in Los Angeles, probably the nicest theater, yeah. where the, um, the the attendants would come and like introduce the film, tell you the runtime, tell you how long the trailers were. Qu they would quality check it is, is kind of how they would, would like um, prerequisite. They'd be like, we're going to just stay for the first like five minutes, make sure everything's up to code and standards and pristine quality and the focus right. is right. And, you know, you'd be like, oh, man, they are taking care of us here. Like, this is so nice. Um, Not anymore. But uh, but now most theaters really do that anyway. And then yeah. and they bring you, uh, you know, they bring you your Skittles to your to your seat and you get to some some do yeah i know there's some some theaters but um, anyways but yes but, but bad boys well wait I was just not... to jump uh back for a minute you said that you said dare i say wait five to six hours uh dare i say wait five to six hours for a movie this you did that you waited in line five to six hours i i personally never waited that okay. long but i but i'm thinking the longest line i ever waited in was for the Batman 89. Oh, I probably waited yeah. two to three hours for that one. Probably at the Century yeah. Theaters in San Jose, California. Okay. That was a that was a big one. That was a big one. And that one. one, I was a fan of Michael Keaton. I was a fan of Jack Nicholson. Fan of Kim Basinger. Fan of Prince. Yeah. So yeah. that's checking out fan of Batman. So the hype machine was strong with that one. It was also kid-friendly. Bad Boy's was rated R. I I was what seventeen, eighteen. I, 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 I mean, like. Let's I, not put the rating on it because you were so beyond that. You were watching R-rated oh, yeah. movies at yeah, five right. and a half years old. It's not like. I mean, I just felt a little like, oh my my pearls. Uh, Bad yeah. Boys was so. No, Bad Boys is. Bad Boys is milk toast, baby. It's like. I wonder. I wonder what came out that that 
weekend though that same weekend right. is bad boys well let's let's go to the videotape here uh, 1995 summer movies let's check it Come out on 2xl let's just check it out here 2xl um, use your time machine to get us back there uh domestic box office uh for summer of 95 batman forever uh i saw that opening night that was day. a few days after your birthday uh, June 16th, um, coming out the same time as Pocahontas. You probably did not see that. Did not see that. Um, Die Hard with a Vengeance was um, Saw that. May of that year. Um, Waterworld. I feel like uh, Will Smith had a history of his films opening in July. Like he was, oh, Will Smith is the oh, July man. This is interesting. Bad Boys came out in April, April 7th. Oh, um, okay. so maybe Independence Day was the movie that that started, and that. it did know. not. Uh, April, very interesting. So that's that's early. So I take back all that E Weekly stuff. I mean, it was probably mentioned in E Weekly, but it was not part of the summer blockbuster, which feels strange to me. But uh, summer nineteen ninety five being May fifth to September fourth, Apollo thirteen was number two. Did not never seen that all the way through. Um. And then it was Casper, Crimson Tide, Congo. Love Crimson Tide. Love, I saw Congo, did not like yeah. it. Yeah, Crimson Tide, great. Congo, did not enjoy that. I did see that in the movie, too. Big letdown with Congo, especially Bruce Campbell's cameo, and then he's dead. You know, or, I don't know if he died, but he was like in and gone. Um, yeah. Nine months, The Bridges of Madison County. Uh, Braveheart at number 11. Braveheart Never seems Braveheart. like a big... What? That's what? weird. <laughs> Because I, I was like over Mel Gibson. He was oversaturated for right. me. Right. Well, I Braveheart, I mean, Braveheart also has like a running time of like 17 and a half hours. So. Yep. And I was like, nah, days Dances with Wolves um, phased that out for me. I remember, because I didn't see it in the theater, but I did see it on video. And I was watching it with some friends, you know, in high school. And I was watching it with a girl who like loved Braveheart. She was okay. like, this is amazing, whatever. And I was watching it. And I, I was laughing at parts I should not have been. Not for any, you know, there, there was some laughably, uh, I know you haven't seen it, so you don't know what I'm talking about. I don't about. care. But, uh, you know, there's this very effeminate uh, uh, prince who's supposed to be, you know, taking over the the uh, the, the, the crown. And, uh, and there's, I think he jumps out of a window or something. Anyway, it was very funny. And, uh, <laughs> and she was very mad at me. Like, what are you doing? You know, because tears are running down her face. And um, I was like, well... This is a silly movie. And Braveheart was one that I was never like. It's Braveheart to me. I'm, I'm, we are so off the rails here. We are so off the rails, everybody. It's okay. I'm going to bring it back in a minute. Um, you're going to bring it back. But Braveheart to me was kind of like movies like Russell Crowe's Gladiator, where I like parts of it a lot. I don't like the whole thing. And that okay. might be able to tie it back to, you know, I could cut this down to 90 minutes and it'd be great. Because there's some scenes. You've seen Gladiator, right? I, I, I saw yeah. that opening night. Okay. Yep. Right. Like that movie's got some scenes. You're like, whoa, uh, this is awesome. With Ridley Scott. Totally. Um, but, but also, would you say that Boogie Nights is, a, I don't mean to cut you off, but well, I do mean to cut you off because I just did. Uh, Boogie Nights is the exception to that rule where it's almost, it's two hours and like 35 minutes or something, but there's not one scene that you would cut from that movie. I would absolutely cut a lot of that movie out. Oh yeah, I would go to town on that thing. I would hack that down to a comfortable ninety-seven. Oh wow! Well, yeah, because well, and we're, we're, we're not here to talk about no, and that's fine. And a lot of people will, will say that, but by the time Boogie Nights ended, I was like, I don't need any. I don't need a lot of this. 
this this back stuff you know um you don't need it but i you i enjoyed it right but that's what i'm saying like most people are going to enjoy that regardless but if you look at things from an exercise of if you had to get this down to 90 minutes and granted no one's going to do this but if you did just run it through and you you started hacking you could you would probably be more impressed with with that 90 90 plus minute well, I've version. said this before. It was the first movie. Well, then that, forget it. Okay. <laughs> it was the first movie I walked out on not liking, but then I realized, wait, I think I might have liked it. And I turned around and went back in and watched it again. Hmm. So I spent five hours at the theater. You're having some least. weird crisis internally. Like, I don't like this. Wait a minute. I do like this. Well, it Let's left me with really visceral feelings. It left me with really like visceral. Yeah intense feelings and i didn't know like i couldn't figure out why and i but that movie went on to shape uh, a big part of my my my, you know teens or the well i guess early 20s yeah so that and swingers but so had you not walked back in who knows exactly exactly and and you know to bring it back to cobra cobra was originally the the original director's cut or stallone cut or whatever you want to call it cut yeah is like two hours long or two and a half hours long or something like that. I think it was two hours, yeah. Yeah, right. and, and a lot more excess of gore, uh, but, but you know, fleshed out storylines with characters. One character in the film ended up being like the main antagonist, but they cut that whole thing out. Um, and they cut it down to nine, 87 minutes, I think, 26. Uh, hour 26 and change yeah and you're saying that there were obviously there were times you were bored um bring it back to rennie santoni the comedy that he had with stallone about food that was kind of a running gag through the whole thing mm. and i felt like that was something that probably would have tracked more in beverly hills cop versus cobra because cobra in my opinion is stallone's attempt at making an exploitation action movie like, you know, over-the-top violence. It's a canon film, and canon yeah. was known for doing exploitation-esque films, uh, Death Wish, for example. Uh, but, you know, it was his attempt, but also knowing Stallone, or not knowing him, but knowing, like, his reputation for wanting to look a certain way, act a certain way, like, he couldn't taint his particular image um, so you've got all these conflicting forces, the director, George, uh, Cosmatos, he's, a, you know, was, sounds like he was a terror to work with. Listen to our Brian Thompson interview in two weeks and you'll hear all about that. Brian Thompson <laughs> plays the night slasher in this movie. We were very excited to get him. Um, yeah, he, he doesn't really pull any punches and I appreciate that about this experience, which was like early in his, in his film career. Yeah, it's wild, actually. Uh, his interview that you'll hear in two weeks, very different, very interesting, uh, emotional, ran the gamut, actually. He was, he just, he went off in a good way for us. That might be a light, a slightly longer interview than normal because there's some really juicy content in there. And then a connection with his daughter and the horse. You know about that? Yeah. With the, yeah. I, I so do anyways, know about that. I do. I was there. We'll, we'll, uh, but that like tracks with um, Stallone, I guess his his reunion with Stallone many years later. 
because they hadn't seen each other after this movie. And then Stallone's daughter was getting horse lessons from Brian Thompson's daughter, who is a horse trainer. So there you go. There you go. Spoiler. But Dustin and I had talked about how the soundtrack to this movie maybe should take up more of the discussion than the actual movie because the soundtrack is overall really good in my opinion. Yeah, it's it it's good. I I just want to go back to this idea that I'm just very grateful that Sylvester Stallone was not in Beverly Hills Cop. Um, I'm just really grateful. Yeah, me too. I just want to take a moment and celebrate that because... <laughs> Can you imagine? Beverly Hills Cop is like a laugh every like five lines. Um, right. Even when it gets serious. You know, it's, it's tonally, it's very hard to do that. It is very, very hard to do that. And like Cobra or Marion Cobretti as a character, you know, he's not a very... He's just like a road cop, fine, you know, whatever, right? He's got the match. He's got the visuals. There are a lot of visual components that he adopts. Um, some of them make sense. Some of them don't make sense, right? Why well, You have a matchstick in your mouth the entire movie, but you also like use scissors to cut off like a tiniest square of pizza Yeah. ever. Um, why? You know, um, I... I I, I don't, you know, like obviously anybody the size of Cobra is going to eat a full piece of pizza. What What is this? Like I keep the pizza in the fridge and then I, what do I see? Just cut off triangles, little tiny bite-sized triangles. And that's a meal while he cleans his gun. I feel like, you know, in this movie, the beginning of this movie takes place around Christmas time. And then that whole theme is totally abandoned. Right. Right after. Then... Yeah, the pizza scene, which would, but then he, all he talks about is food with his partner throughout the whole thing about how this food's bad for you. This, you know, eat some fruit, eat some vegetables or whatever. Eat some fruit, right. That never gets a band, that gets like brought up mid movie and then carried on through the rest of the film. That tonally, it's all over the place. He, he, clearly, this movie was chopped up, you know, diced, sliced, diced, julienned. It has. A lot of the things that people love, though, would you agree? A lot of the things that people love about 80s movies, it's got like certain scenes that will stand out and people go, oh, that movie's great because of that one scene, right? Which is right. Pe what oftentimes people do. Right. I mean, when I think about Cobra, I think of uh, a couple of images. I think of, uh, you know, the the night slash the new order, if you will, the cult or whatever, the, the new no, world, the, new, the world new world. Order. It's the way of the new world, man. It's the way of the new world. Um, the axes, right? The, the fire, the clanging of the axes, the, um, the, the nylon stocking over oh. the, right. That is, I mean, that's haunting over the yeah, night slasher's face. Night terrors. Yeah. Night terrors. It gives you night terrors. It's, it's, it's a haunting image. Um, the supermarket scene, which opens the movie, right? Where it's like a guy's yep. just shooting up the melons and they're like, bring us the cobra. Art LaFleur is like, bring me the Cobra. Call the Cobra. And I love Art LaFleur. Yeah. I mean, uh, Art LaFleur. I feel like I see Art LaFleur in every movie um, that we watch. Uh, he's just kind of always there. Um, but uh, yeah, so he yells, you know, bring me the Cobra. Right. The Cobra, total disregard for, <laughs> I don't know, safety. He just kind of goes in. Uh, you know, antagonizes this guy over the PA system. You know, hey, scumbag, it's time for me to end you. Um, I'm not hey. sure that, that's the exact line. But uh, 
right? <laughs> Drink a beer, throw a beer. Like, like any advantage that he has, that's the whole thing. I feel like any advantage that anyone has over in this movie where they have the drop on somebody, they blow it by going like, hey, um, you know, <laughs> throw, like, why are we doing any of this? And, and that whole scene, the supermarket, you know, I remember it a certain way and then I'm watching it and I'm like, why is everybody... Like, he doesn't have the whole supermarket under hostage. He's got a little shotgun. He's got, like, three people under the shotgun. But then you look at every aisle, there's just people just standing there. <laughs> Frozen. Like, just, well, yeah. no, get the hell out of there. Like, he's not I even know. near you. It's a giant supermarket. Like, anyway, um, you know, they need people in there just wandering through the aisles for wh whatever. And this is not, again, I, this is not, I don't want to just be hating on this thing, on this scene. But, like, it's just You're the not. way that I remembered it. Um, I was like, this is... This is kind of dumb. He's got a cool ass car. License plate. Awesome 50. <laughs> awesome 50 on a, what is it? Like a Mercury or something. Yeah. That's, that was actually Stallone's car, but then they built like three more for the movie. But what's, what's awesome 50? I don't know. Awesome spelled it's, weird. Well, and, and you know that Stallone said he, he envisioned Cobra as Bruce Springsteen with a badge. What the fuck does that mean? Right. Cause he's not like a rocker. I love New Jersey. Yeah, what does that mean? Well, I, uh, <laughs> it's bad for your health, you know. Me. What? What? Because he's a working class hero, but he stands up for the little. No, but he doesn't stand up for the little. He's part of the. I mean, he's part of the zombie squad. He's part of these the guys who work problem. late nights or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't really make like I kind of feel, and this is not a knock on Stallone, but I kind of feel like that's Stallone in general. Like random things that he thinks are cool that people go, huh? Like, right. That doesn't. Oh, but it's Stallone, so it's cool. Like, no, not necessarily. Yeah, and he's a tastemaker of the times, so you know you get he that. Is. We were all influenced by that. But you know, I forgot that the intro to this movie before that grocery store scene of the narration of Stallone talking about all the horrible things that are going on in the world in America. There's a burglary every 11 seconds. An armed robbery every 65 seconds. A violent crime every 25 seconds. A murder every 24 minutes. And 250 rapes a day. What a way to set up a movie. <laughs> Yeah, with the with the it's a, cobra. It's a really I'm with like, the cobra do we need gun. to know how many rapes occur every day? You know? Yeah, like what's what's the point? And if you know, and if you're the disease and I'm the cure, like that that's amusing, right? Th those those kind of back and forths. Yeah, that, yeah, um, yeah. I don't I don't deal with psychos, you know. <laughs> hey, hey, I don't deal with psychos. Like, <laughs> um. But what is the point here? Yeah, the point is that probably the soundtrack is the way to go, more so. Um, yeah. I mean, is it safe to say that... I think this is my term for the this episode. Is it safe to say? Is it safe to say that um, is it most safe? people have seen this movie? Uh, well, I think it's safe to say that if you're listening to this podcast right now, you've probably seen Cobra, and you're probably very disappointed in how this is going as an episode. Well, I, I was going to say, I, I was going to say that, you know, this movie being a canon film, but, but obviously 
was released through Warner Brothers, so Cannon did not get the notoriety, but it's still a Cannon film. His last Cannon movie he did with with um, Golan and Globus it was uh, Over the Top a year later. Um, this movie, to me, reminds me of the same fandom that Cyborg has with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Mm. Cyborg is not a good movie. It's not. I'm sorry. Like, if you, you can hate on me, it's all good, but go watch it again. Go watch it again. And Corey and I broke it down on Podcasting After Dark, scene by scene. Unfortunately, it's not a good movie. And yeah. it really is not. And you guys know, Dustin and I love movies. We 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 love movies that maybe some people not might not like. And if you like Cyborg, that's great. I don't mean disrespect to you, but this is the same kind of deal where people are like, oh, Cobra is the greatest movie of all time. Slam, bam, thank you, ma'am. Well, no, there's moments that do work. I, I think um, I think the character acting is great in this. I think yep. Andrew Robinson, who um, who originally who who originally was supposed to be like the antagonist at the end, right? He was going to it was going to be revealed that it was the, that was the ultimate conspiracy, which makes a lot more sense. Right, Like a, a trading uh, uh, trading places, too. Yeah, yeah, or kind of like you know, uh, L.A. Confidential. Yeah, like the mastermind would be. What other movies can we spoil for everybody? (laughs) Uh, Usual Suspects. No, um, uh, that that Andrew Robinson's great. Hellraiser, Dirty Harry. Yeah, the list goes on. You know, Lee Lee Garlington who plays uh, Stalk. She's she's the detective, but she's also part of the syndicate, the NWO. Can, can we just talk about that for a minute? Yeah, please. Okay. Like if you are, if you are a plant, if you are a mole, if you are, have influ- infiltrated the police and you are a bad person and you, you're getting all the information, you, you have the upper hand the entire time, right? The second she, the second she, she blows her own cover for no good reason because she, you know, and I don't care about spoiling this because again, we assume you know it's not like there's any twists or like go see yeah. it it's not like april fool's day go see it right this is yeah. like you know cobra enjoy your enjoy it uh or don't but up to you and i again i, I don't want to be this like i don't want to get into that it's not a hater mindset it's just a yeah. looking at the story for what it is now right it's 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 really hard to follow like why any of this stuff happens and they've simplified it and it's still like why are we doing this so her character is a cop Who's also the sec- the number two of the new order um, yes. of the cult? She, uh, they're trying to get Brigitte Nielsen because she's a witness. Cobra has her, um, you know, uh, Ingrid is her character's name. Cobra has her under you know lock and key in a in a motel, and despite him having like some reservations about, um, uh, what's her name, Stock? Stock. Yeah. You know, like oh something's weird, right? He's like whatever, whatever. She all she needs to do because she's got everybody's trust is like, hey, I've got your trust. Like, I can just have a drop on you guys. Instead, she like disappears, calls the new order, and then like, you know, doesn't go back to the hotel. Yeah. Right. So now she's just like part of them, and now they're just like chasing them. Whereas if she had just simply stayed, she could have just killed both of them. Yeah. Like. She could. She could have poisoned their coffee. I, this is this is the dumb stuff, but this is like she could have done this real nice and quick. Yeah, she could have offed both yeah. of them, all of them, 
Um, you know, she's also a cop. She has all of this information. She knows, you know, she's right. She's scanning license plates. She's getting addresses. That's how they found her in the first place. So like, this is just really, uh, you know, where, where I'm going like, oh, grown, like, well, yeah, because I think what you're, what you're speaking to are things that could have been added, you know, a simple line of like, of the Night Stalker saying, you know, save them for me to explain why she didn't kill them, you know, or something like that. But they didn't, but a lot of these things that they, they did not do, or maybe they did and it got chopped out, it, it, takes it leaves you with these feelings of like oh but but there's so many like little loose ends you should have trimmed off and clipped yes and if you know that she's a traitor before you even like we know she's bad because we see her you know like involved in a in a stabbing or whatever um what are you drunk yeah right um Right. We we know right away. So like there's not really a surprise. It's more like the execution. Like how is how are they going to how is she going to reveal and we can, you know, see her reveal it and it's going to be funny. Does Cobra know? Does anybody know? And then it's more like, oh, she's gone. And then she's just we just see her like pointing in the street to the yeah. to the night stalker like they're in there. Yeah. And like oh, and then man. and then you see her at the end like when she gets killed, very unceremoniously by the way, for for a character that's a, supposed to be such an important part of the film she's kind of just shot and dead you know done um right she kind of has a surprise haha i'm still alive kind of thing but it, it's it's very short-lived yeah yeah it's a bummer it's a bummer because i like her by the way she was uh she had a small role in sneakers mm, yeah uh, yeah which which i love i think sneakers that's maybe a movie we should cover down the road um certainly with uh donald logue before donald logue became you know, the Dow of Steve, yeah. he had a small scene in it as well. And she's like kind of an undercover spy, I think, sort of. I have to revisit yeah. that film. I mean, some some interesting trivia about her is that she was in the Seinfeld pilot as the um, the waitress at at Monk's, you know, at their at their diner. She was going to be part of the main series. And they felt like, oh, she doesn't really work that well. And then they replaced her with Elaine. No kidding. So she could have been, you know, more well known. Than Julia Louis Dreyfus. Oh, bummer. She's still working like crazy, you know. Has has a great working career, but she could have been. She could have had that Seinfeld money, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. that Seinfeld cheddar. Yeah, baby. Seinfeld cheddar, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I was gonna point out another thing I loved about the movie was the cinematography, though. Did you like the cinematography? I did like the cinematography. It's yeah, no complaints there. It was done by Rick Waite, who did Forty Eight Hours. Red Dawn, Adventures in Babysitting. I mean, that that right there is a pretty good resume. Yeah, that, that alone, you're like, okay, that's that puts you an '80s icon, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah, and and then you know, I brought up the the director, uh, George Cosmatos. He directed Rambo: First Blood Part Two, Leviathan, j- just to name a couple. Oh, and Tombstone, of course. So, I mean, like he's a talented dude in his own right i just didn't work overall i think you got and then you've got stallone who apparently was had a lot of ego big dick energy it sounds like stallone was directing this or rewriting scenes on the fly um you know that uh and based on what and what brian thompson will tell us in two weeks get ready guys um you know what what was really going on there 
uh, and Brian's experience about that. You know, he's playing the Night Slasher. He's showing up. He's asking questions for character motivations. Why are we doing X, Y, and Z? And the director's just like, you know, being a real dickhead until Stallone shows up. And then it's like when Stallone's on set, right? It's like, ooh. Yeah, yeah. And and we won't talk about Brigitte Nielsen. Oh, no. No, we won't. We'll save all that. So we'll save that for Brian. Teaser. Teaser. A lot, a lot of good teasing yeah. going on there. A lot of good teasing. Um, I, I, and the, the, the composer for this film was Sylvester LeVay. Were, were you, did you like the music for this? Oh my the, God. The soundtrack I mean, score? look, S- Sylvester LeVay, I can't, yeah, let's talk about I, I, I can't find any, any flaw with him. In fact, I was, you know, um, one of my favorite guilty pleasure movies is Mannequin. And he, I mean, that, that, that music will just get in my head randomly. Dan, 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 dan. Music that drives scenes that actually, you know, when you talk about how music affects a movie, um, right? Like he, he really creates these aesthetics and they're aesthetics that are very nostalgic for me because I, you know, I'll hear them and I'll immediately be transported back, um, to whatever year, you know, a a movie came out. Um, so yeah, really this, this score to me is, is the best part about this movie um and sylvester levey of course like three o'clock high um you know he he was the one that came in and and sort of did some uh topical repair uh yeah he for fixed the, for the tangerine uh, dream right yeah right he's responsible for the airwolf show I mean, the, the, and that theme song, like, holy cow, iconic. Yeah, cons- considered one of the best theme songs for an 80s TV show, I would say. Absolutely. Um, besides that, besides the ones you mentioned already, he, he worked on Werewolf for two episodes. Werewolf gets brought up in the Brian Thompson interview. Do you guys talk about uh, Werewolf over on, uh, or, or Sylvester LeVay, I should say, over on TV Obscura? We do not. We do not. Because oh. that's not something we focus on. Oh. Um, but, but we're talking about him now. I mean, he, he did a few episodes of Hardball, uh, which we talked about with Richard Tyson. And he scored Navy Seals. Are you a fan of Navy Seals, that movie? Yeah, have not seen it in a while. Um, I'm sure that your father, being a former Navy SEAL, found that to be garbage. <laughs> yeah, that you know what's funny? He loves backdraft at being a oh, former firefighter. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think he likes Navy SEALs. I'll yeah. have to ask him. I mean, it's, backdraft was pretty technical too, and like how fire I, worked. He thought it was great. Yeah, and it's still a you know a Hollywood movie. Um, you remember the backdraft ride at Universal Studios? I do. Yeah. Before King Kong took over. I did. I do. Stone Cold 
he did as well. You remember Stone Cold with Brian, uh, Brian with the Boz? Yeah. We got to talk about that movie. We got to do that movie one of these days. With the Boz. Is, is Stone Cold the one you saw and then the bikers got mad at you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the Century Theaters in San Jose. Uh, the same Jose. theater we mentioned earlier. Yeah. You know, Sylvester LeVay is probably somebody we should try and talk to, honestly, because this is pretty this is pretty iconic. And just the uh, the, you know, like right, he's contributed to Howard the Duck. He's contributed yeah. to um Carlito's Way. A Carlito's Way. Love that movie. Um Carlito's Way, which has the the Boogie Nights connection as well. It does. Yeah. Um I don't know if you were going to segue into that, but well, I, I I will when we get when we get to uh, the soundtrack. Yeah, proper. Sure, sounds good. But yeah, no, Sylvester Levay is, uh, yeah, is uh, arguably the best part of of Cobra. Yeah, well, we'll have to talk to our our good buddy Peter, see if he's uh, part of the any any connections there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so in regards to the soundtrack, Boogie Nights connection. What what's the Boogie Nights connection with Carlito's Way? Is it Luis Guzman? Oh well, was yeah, I was gonna just say that it's that it's that song, that Fly Robin Fly song that uh, that Sylvester oh, yeah. Levay co-wrote. Yes, um, and that that is in Boogie Nights, and that is in Carlito's Way, and um, I think it won a Grammy maybe at some point too. But um, that is that was my surface comment. Um, well, what 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 does this movie have? Cobra, what does Cobra have in common with Boogie Nights? What's the connection? Um, Cobra, it's a soundtrack connection, right? Yes. It would help if I actually had the soundtrack reference in front of me. Bad, bad, bad comments here. And, and by the way, as we talk about the soundtrack, we'll bring up scenes that the song is featured in as well, which we, right. know, which we don't normally do, but we'll do for this episode because, again, we wanted to kind of dig a little deeper into the soundtrack on Cobra. Yeah. Uh, is it the Gladys Knight song? No. Oh, then I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, well, first of all, do you know the song that was supposed to be in this film, but then it got switched out for something else? Oh, yeah. This was supposed to have... Uh, I did know this. I did know this. I did know this. This was supposed to have like a really good song that was mm-hmm. then used in another movie. It was like a really good song. Uh, what was it? I'll just go. You got the touch. You got the power. Oh, you got the touch. Stan Bush is the touch. Right. That would be so You got the touch so was supposed to be in dumb. this. That would be so dumb in here. It would be dumb? Well, we'll talk about a song that I think is good, but maybe doesn't work for this movie in a minute. Besides the touch, the touch would not have worked. The touch perfectly fits Transformers the movie to a T. It, 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 is, it is the personification of 80s 
what the 80s was all about in the nostalgic love sense, you know, it doesn't work for this movie. Just like Stallone would not have worked for Beverly Hills Cop. Well, it that, just would have been something else entirely. We would just not enjoy it, I think. Um, it would have. So so the the touch was in Boogie Nights. One of my one of my favorite scenes in Boogie Nights is when John C. Riley and Mark Wahlberg, you know, um Reed Rothschild and Dirk Diggler go into uh record some music, and that's one of them. Okay, Dirk, you ready? Yeah, I was born ready, Nick. Let's go, man. Dirk Diggler demo. Keep the vocals up. You got the touch. Take seven. You got the touch. You got the power. Yeah. And then they record Comedic. another song. Do you remember the name of the other song? Uh, it's feel, 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 feel the heat. Is that this song? Yes. <laughs> Is that the one that's in here? So, oh my God. That song. I did not realize that. Is, so that song, feel, 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 feel the heat. Feel the heat. Um, yeah, just, I'm going to play that clip. Can take it from the top? Yeah, let's try it. not the same song obviously but when oh, stallone okay. was at the recording studio he heard that song by um that the song feel the heat the one that's on the soundtrack yeah the one that's actually on the soundtrack by jean bouvois Yes, that song, which I think is good, I think it's really cool. Uh, it's mm. used kind of in a montage of when, um, when, uh, when Cobra is getting Ingrid like out of the city into the safe house, and it's intercut with the Night Slasher, you know, getting his group ready, arming up with his weapons, yeah. his his crazy. Um, it's it's 
the same in name only. It's not the same song from Boogie Nights, but it's just in name only. I thought that was interesting. Well, like, whoa, that's cool. Because I was always wondering about why, like, where's Feel the Heat come from in Boogie Nights? Well, where does it come from? I well, I don't know where that so- that particular <laughs> song comes from. I just like that the name is this. Like, it's the touch and feel the heat. And I'm wondering, you know, if Paul Thomas Anderson. Right, Pulson, what Stallone but, was doing so, back in the so day. you don't know what Mark Wahlberg was, what feel, which feel of heat he was singing. No, I thought that was just a made up song. Hmm. Which it very well could be. I'm sure Aaron Gilmer might know. Well, this is interesting. No, this is interesting. We've got ourselves into because because it would be weird that those guys, right? Was it that they were writing originals? At some point, well, they're, yeah, they're in Boogie Nights in oh character. God. They're writing original songs, right? That's really interesting. But it's the songs I, that they chose have a connection to. So everyone hears the touch and they're like, "Oh, that's from Transformers." Stan Bush. But then you realize, wait, but what's "Feel the Heat"? Oh, it must be just some throwaway made-up song. Okay, no, it says it says written by Mark Wahlberg and John C. Riley. Yeah, so that but the name "Feel the Heat." Is the name of the, except, of the song. Except in Boogie Nights, it's called Feel My Heat. Oh, feel, 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 feel my heat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Feel well, my heat, baby. I mean, can we can we just... Well, Jean Beauvoir, he gets the credit for Feel the Heat. Yes. I think there's, I think there's no connection, but... Here's a play on words, though. Here's another play on words, because... Uh, there's a whole, there's a song in another song in the soundtrack to Cobra. Hold on to your, hold on to your vision, to your vision. by Gary Wright. Yep. Gary Wright, of course, Dreamweaver. He was on the North Shore soundtrack. Um, that song plays when um, Ingrid sees uh, the Night Stalker, the Night Slasher, for the first time, right? Yeah. Yep. It's "Hold On to Your Vision," not "Hold On to the Vision" from "No Retreat, No Surrender." Hold on to the vision in your eyes. And Hold On To Your Vision is a good song, too. I like that song. Do you like that song? I don't like any of these songs. What? Did You didn't like Feel the Heat? No. No. Feel the heat. I, I like maybe parts of it. It's one of those songs that leads me down a road where I'm like, oh, it's going to be the... And I'm like, oh, I don't like it. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. Fine. Fine. So I'll, I'll start kind of roll back to in the movie when some of these songs get brought up, introduced, uh, Suave or Suave by Miami Sound Machine before Gloria Stefan was Gloria Stefan. That, that gets played early on when Cobra tells basically 
hits a guy's hits a guy's car to move like a total dick move by the way total dick move uh total dick move yep. and then rips the guy's shirt off when right. the guy wants to start shit with him <laughs> and, and then the guy and he like become buddies later well um, by the way I, I i don't know if you have any information about this but when he rips the guy's shirt the guy's wearing a wire is that i thought it was a necklace he's got like a tape love it's like a like a love taped to his oh. chest so I'm like, what is going on here? Is he an informant? Is this is this a storyline that we somehow because that would make sense? Like he's revealed to be an informant. Well, that would track why he ripped his shirt open to begin with. Right. It's normally like one of those things. Like you wouldn't just rip the guy's shirt. There is definitely some some story about that. I wish I had actually looked it up. Uh, we I did some research, <laughs> um, and and I didn't see anything about that. You didn't see anything about, yeah, no. All all I know is there there was like a cut that was circulating online for a while. It's unavailable to find. It's unavailable. It's unavailable to find wherever it you know wherever it is now. I've no idea. Um, yeah, I guess I just meant specifically like why why is this guy uh, wearing a wire? And you know here like people have talked about it in uh, in Reddit. It's saying right. That's not a lob mic for the audio production because somebody's like, "Was that a was that a you know mistake?" Um, yeah, it shows that the guy that he knew the guy was a rat and he left the people he was recording deal with him. I mean, that makes sense. Something was something was. Yeah, he was a, he was a snitch. He was a snitch, and I've got the fucking still here. You can see it's clearly taped. Um, okay, but that would be a connection where, right? Like, Cobra actually has some you know intuitiveness to something or some connection or they definitely they definitely cut that part out yeah and it and it leaves the viewer to believe that cobra's kind of a jerk to that guy because the guy was all as far as we know as the viewer the guy's just sitting there with his car right and cobra just moves him with his own car he just honks Um, pushes him out like that's my space yeah and um and then i'm like well they're gonna destroy your your nice car but then he just kind of kicks it lightly on the tire and they're playing suave to i love that song i love suave do you like that song no And it gets played twice. Working in the so hard and doing about all that I can take. Yeah, it's like it, it, it's, what? It's a passable song for me. It's okay. What? It's uh, it it's passable if it played once. We don't need it again later. No. Well, the two songs that I'm not a huge fan of get played twice in this movie. <laughs> um, were you about to say something about your brother? By the way, it seemed like you started saying. Yeah, I, I was because I was going to say he lo- <laughs> he loves that scene when when Stallone rips his shirt, that guy's shirt. Interesting. What, like, of course you do. Why is, <laughs> of course why is he, he like that dick move. What does he like about it? I, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm speculating, but I think it's because it's just like, like, you know, oh, look at that guy over there with his ripped shirt. Abusing, <laughs> abusing a smaller man. 
um, for I mean, <laughs> your own amusement. If Stallone just put his balls in that guy's lips, just rest him on the guy's face, he would have like, yeah. Elephant man, elephant man. Bro, elephant man. Oh, it's elephant man. Um, flashback to other episodes where Zach mentions being tormented by his brother. Yeah, go back two episodes. Several episodes. There's a bunch. <laughs> Really, I think you mentioned being tormented by your brother a lot of episodes. You know, they all he tormented yeah. a lot of people. He yeah. was he was a troublemaker. He can openly admit that. Yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah. the guy was an informant. That, that's interesting. That's interesting. Okay. Well. Um. Okay. So the next song up, kind of in 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 the order of the movie after "Hold On to Your Vision." And, and Suave would be Angel of the City, Robert Teppard's Angel of the City. Another famous scene of when Brigitte Nielsen's doing her photo shoot with David Rash, who had a bunch of scenes cut out, I guess. It's uh, it's actually um, Rashi. Oh, sorry. Oh, it's Rashi? David Rashi. Oh, yeah. I never knew that. Uh-oh. Okay, well. This is, uh, well, as, as a voice actor, aren't you always looking up how to pronounce everything? I should. Yeah, I should. <laughs> I should. Rashi. Well, if we ever interview him, I'll get that correct. Yeah. I love David Rashi. I love him in Secession. Yep. If you guys were watching Secession, he's you know how tremendously great he is. If you're not watching it, he, it's great to see Sledgehammer. Sledgehammer uh, is iconic, I think, love for Sledgehammer. 80s yeah. television. Love and it. He did Sledgehammer after he did Cobra. So this was the first kind of appearance of Rashi. Um He's hilarious in this. His little, his one scene is his like one scene of dialogue with Ingrid is really funny because he wants to sleep with her to advance her career. Um, it's ridiculous and silly. But the but Angel of the City. Do you like Angel of the City? Yeah, I mean Angel of the City. Th- this this montage is really interesting from the editing standpoint because it's almost like a music video where she's kind of yes. modeling, and then we see like robots because she's modeling with robots, and we see like you know, mannequins and sort of futuristic. And we see there's like parts of things intercut with, um, the city and that the, uh, the, the dark broodiness of, of Stallone. It's also at the same time when Cobra and Gonzalez are interrogating people, they're, they're searching the city. They're searching the city. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, Angel of the City is probably to me the most well-known song. Robert Tepper. Um, of Rocky Four fame, of course. There's no easy way out. Yeah. And, that, you know. Into the Night. That song, I think both of those songs are better songs than Angel of the City. I don't mind Angel of the City. I like it. I don't mind it. You don't mind it. I don't, okay. I don't mind it. I, I would not put it on. Oh, really? <laughs> 
I saw those tears well up in your eyes when I said that, but yes, I would not, I would not like, I would not well, tell my playlist. Then don't sign up for our Patreon, um, mix CD at the highest tier. Oh, because if you sign up to our Patreon, patreon.com slash $2 uh, late fee. Link oh, awkward. Link is in the show notes. Uh, yeah. if you sign up, you, you can get a mix CD just like many of our listeners have done at the highest tier and that song may appear on a future mix CD. Yeah. Well, That's all I'm going to listen. Say. I mean, look, we, we also have an official Spotify list, the official $2 late fee Spotify playlist. That is, that song's on there. I'm not saying like, you know, it's all, it's all relative to what we're doing. I'm just saying that yeah. that one comes on. I might hit skip. <gasps> I might hit skip. Angel of we're, the city. Someone watching over me. Angel of the city. Yeah. Tell me where can you Did be? you know that he wrote, that he, that he helped write Into the Night with Betty Marjoronis? Um, I did know that because we've, I think we talked about it, um, on a previous episode. We're like, I think we may have been a little bit like, what were you thinking, Robert? Um, I don't think he wrote the yeah, lyrics. Yeah, because there's though. a lot of controversy. There's a lot of controversy with that song, clearly. Well, she's just 16 years old. Leave her alone, they say. And we're like, yeah, leave her alone. You're 35 <laughs> years old. Man. You're 35 year old man. You're sneaking into a 16 year old girl's room. You know, you're posing like you got a magic carpet, but let's be serious, dude. Like, this is gross. Um, you, yeah. you could be your father. I love that song. And, That's true. Um, but it is a good song. It is a good song. song. We should, it it should be, it should be rewritten in woke culture um, to be, um, they're, they're just uh, 39 years old. I got it. Leave them alone. I got the fix. I got the fix. She's just sitting at home. Leave her alone, they say. But, yeah, but but the fact is, is like, he's still bothering her. Like she's sitting at home. Mean, we would so imply it's like that, stalker, that, underage stalker. Well, we're not identifying how old she is. So you you have fixed that problem, but you have not fixed the fact that like, you know, she's just at home. Leave her alone. Like, no. You know, the whole idea is like, you guys don't understand what love is. It's like, it's like the, uh, the uh, argument for why underage marriage, you know, should exist um, in like religious... <laughs> cults and oh, parts God. of america it's like why you know like you don't it's it's love um yeah you don't get it uh you're just a, you know a weird stuffy adult but it's like her parents are younger than you are benny so just yeah leave her alone how about she's just sitting at home crying alone they say because she's sad that she can't be with Benny? Yes. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I guess so. Done. I guess You're so. Welcome. I feel like we could do a couple of rewrites on that, but yeah. <laughs> but Robert Tepper, Robert, there's no easy way. Right, so Robert contributed. Beautiful Man, I love that song. Uh, Suave gets brought up again in the same scene when the uh, when Cobra pulls up to the dude in the car. That must have been a reshoot then if, if that guy was originally supposed to be, a uh, you know, have a wire on because they, they he pulls up again and he's like, hey, like he basically says hi to the guy and it's all good. Right. So, right. Did they pick that up later? Was the wire then there? What does that guy come back and do? Does he serve any purpose in the story? He just moves. No. He just moves out of the way. Right. For the spot. No, he like, he's like basically saved your spot. For right. Save your yep. spot. Yeah. That's weird. Um, and then the other song, and then Feel the Heat, obviously, it, it comes up. And then after that, um, there's once Ingrid is like basically in her safe house town, um, crossroads motel where, they, where they're shacking up. They go for a bite to eat. And Ingrid is drowning her fries and ketchup. Where's it? Do you have a life preserver? What? With your french fries drowning there. <laughs> Stallone, Cobretti, puts some money in the jukebox, plays the song Two Into One by Bill Medley and Carmine Twilly. <laughs> okay. I think I fell asleep oh, for that part. I think God. I was asleep. But um, yes. But then I was up again right after that. Well, ended. because they play it again. They play it again. Right. Like in another scene later, uh, when Ingrid makes a move on Cabretti. But do you like that song, Two Into One by Bill Medley and Carmine Twilley? I don't like it. So Carmine Twilley uh, is responsible for singing with Elton John on the Circle of Life song from The Lion King. That's one of her biggest achievements. Two Into One. (laughs) Two Into One. Two Become One is my favorite Spice Girls song, by the way. (laughs) <laughs> real fucking nice i appreciate you yeah. mentioning that yeah. um yeah two into one is kind of a eh, it's a dismissible song in my opinion uh i'm not a huge fan of that song um but the movie closes out after all the carnage all the dead bodies there's so many dead bodies in this scene in this movie by the way he like and- decimates the new order i mean doesn't just like shoot him he's like he like sets fire to at least two of them he does, but wait, what scene is worse? The Cobra decimating uh, the NWO at the end or the Night Slasher decimating people in the garage when uh, David Rashi's character gets killed? Which scene do you think is more brutal? Uh, apparently, Rashi, they, they they cut out a bunch of that because it was yeah, too graphic. Yeah, to on his blood. And, right, and, yeah. and he you know, embowels himself. I mean... But they kill like uh, they kill a guy walking with a briefcase, just like a random guy. Right. They just slash him. Well, it's like there's so much s- chaos, and then this like random like I am a businessman, like just walks into the scene. <laughs> oh shit! I was gonna take the day off. Right. Oh man, what <laughs> terrible timing for me to walk, you know, into this like 30 minutes after it starts. Um, Security guard gets like uh, destroyed by their van. They drive this the van into right. The <laughs> I mean, that's pretty brutal. I don't know though, but it, it's. I think it's the callousness in which Cobra, you know, like I'm going to burn this guy inside the <laughs> like the, the incinerator, but then this guy I'm going to manually like you know set a match. To, it's like different ways 
different ways to die. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that song. Dumb ways to die. It's everywhere. So many dumb ways to die. Yeah. Do you know that song? Yeah. Well, it's 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 become viral. Um, Bodie loves so that song. That's I'm sure he does. Bodie loves death and killing. <laughs> Buddy loves murder. I think that's the the sentiment. <laughs> no. Buddy laughs at no cartoons, but when you talk about like somebody dying, he's like, "That is the funniest thing." Use your private parts as piranha bait. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they so they use that song Anyways. in a lot of TikTok videos. Oh, they do. Yeah, because it's like because um, it'll be so it'll it'll set up like somebody doing something really stupid, and then I'll just go dumb ways to die it's, just on the it's really funny yeah. if you guys have never seen the, the the cartoon video for it that's on youtube yeah. highly recommend you check that out it's really it's like a it's a it's a promotional spot for metro trains in the uk i mean we could probably we could probably make a video using that song with the with the footage from cobra that's a great that's a great you know to your hair poke a stick at a grizzly bear eat medicine that's out of date use your private parts as piranha bait dumb ways to die so many dumb ways to die dumb ways to die so many dumb ways to die yeah I'll, I'll I'll put that on the list. Final song on the soundtrack closes out the movie. I feel like the song doesn't match the movie, but that's neither here nor there. Voices of America's Sons by John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band. Are you a fan? Right. Well, I think just the fact that it's Cafferty, I'm probably a fan. But but I also i i don't I don't love it. I mean, a lot of these songs, <gasps> these, well, because they're like they're like super they're like super earnest songs with like not great lyrics, and they just you know they it's they're Zach songs. These that's a Zach song. <laughs> that's oh, that's the only way I can describe it. It's like you hear okay. it and you know it. That's a song you have on rotation. That is yeah, absolutely I work a song. Out to that song you, yeah, too. you of course you work out of that. It's like <laughs> there's just there's there there are def- clear defining factors of that song. I don't know how I could break it down, but but it's got to it be. It doesn't repeat. It's got to be. Like, ah, it's got to be. It's not repetitive. Gotta wake up, little darling. Gonna see you real soon. But it's it has like earnest singing. Yeah. Um. Tell me, darling. Yeah, I don't. I mean, songs that you like are not necessarily. It, it's you putting it on your workout mix and you liking them are not mutually exclusive. It's not like 
it's not like, um, you know, sh- like show me how it works. Is that on your workout mix? No, that's like, yes. it is? It is. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's weird. I thought that was on, just on your school. <laughs> it's my cool down song. We talked about this. That's your cool down song. We did talk about that. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's a song that if I play that on Does Act Like This, like that's that's cheating for me. Well, speaking yeah. of Does Act Like This, this month on Patreon, if you become a Patreon subscriber, you'll have the opportunity to play Does Zach Like This for our live YouTube episode. So the month of June, this episode airs, will be Does Zach Like This. The month of May, last month, you heard What Does Dustin Know, 1986. Well, well, you have to go back and watch that one to find out. But if you want to be on our Patreon show, Does Zach Like This, sign up to our Patreon. It's five, $5 a month at the lowest here. Yeah. I'm guessing it, it probably went badly for me. I'm guessing I lost, but um, I don't know. Well, you have to find oh, out. I have to. <clears throat> I have to find out. I got to listen. Okay, to so it. so are you? A f- but you're a fan of John Cafferty in general, though, right? Absolutely. So the Eddie and the Cruiser soundtrack is all John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band. Talked a little bit about that with Michael Pere. I feel like we're going to have to revisit uh, that movie down the road. Mm, yeah, yeah, cover it. Yeah, for sure. Um, whoa, whoa, tender years. Yeah. Won't you wash away my tears? I like to add my own my own lyrics to that. I like to add lyrics like, you know, won't you punch me in the ears? Um, won't you drink a lot of beers? Won't you wipe my little rear? Um, yeah, that I'll, I'll start doing that one too. <laughs> Can't do that with Voices of America's Sons. Voice of America's Sons. No. And that's your warm-up? No, that's like full-on cardio. I'm I'm chugging along. Do you like time your workout so that like it's with the songs? Sometimes. Like, are you ever like not done with your workout and you're like, uh-oh, it's my cool down song and then you got to end the workout early? No, no, no. So you're you manually are going to the song? No, like you. Yeah, you, manually. Oh, going you're manually going. Okay. Yeah. Okay, got it. If I'm not listening to the Blood Brother mixes by DJA, um, I'm I'm going I'm going on my own songs. Right. But I I I feel like this song in this movie this was the replacement for the touch. So the touch was supposed to I'm assuming was supposed to play at the end credits. You'd think it's pretty triumphant. That would be so laughable, though. So weird. Oh, yeah. my God. Because this song doesn't track with the movie. This song is, a again, I know you're not a huge fan. I love this song. But it doesn't work in this movie. Um, but why doesn't it work in this movie? Because it's so dark and... Well, it's just the, the topic. Like, I wish it had ended with Neutron Dance by the Pointer Sisters. Oh, how dare you? That would have been, you know, like, like just bring in the Beverly Hills Cop soundtrack. And uh, that would have that would have been great. Yeah. Well, dun, that dun, was dun, two dun, years dun, too dun, late because that came out in 84. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think I think overall. Oh, I was going to say this. Do you agree that. Is it safe to say that this movie would be a lot of fun <laughs> uh, if you had a bunch of people over watching? Like th- that's th- that's the kind of movie Cobra is, where you're watching it and you're goofing on it half the time. Well, eating popcorn, the drinking. The problem whatever. is, I don't think it's bad enough to be good. 
Oh. I really don't. It's weird. You know, I love bad movies. I love bad movies. This was like, mm, I don't know. It's just, it's just not, it's not good enough to be good and it's not bad enough to be bad. It, it doesn't, it like to be bad good. So, um, you know, it's not like there's just glaring continuity errors that I saw. Um, not really. Story-wise, no. it, it's, it is a mess, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm sorry. I feel like I'm raining on your parade. I'm. Uh, You're not raining on my parade. I- I'm safe to say I'm that harshing I would your mellow. This. Harshing your mellow. <laughs> You're not. You're not marshing my mellow. Um, you're making really good points, and I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying. I'm simply saying that there's enough in this movie for me to rewatch it. Well, you own it, right? Yeah, I do. Signed. No. Blu-ray. Yes. Um, special edition. As special as you're gonna get. Anniversary edition. Special. Yeah. So there's. Yeah. I would love it. Would you? Would you? Would you be? Um, open to the idea of watching the director's cut if there became one, if one came out. I would, I would, because I feel like that would clarify some things. Possibly, I just don't think, I think, you know, if the director's cut came out, it would be probably be Stallone's version and not uh, not George. Did you see Stallone's director's cut of Rocky Four? No. Neither did I. <laughs> but you own it. No, oh. I don't. Oh, oh, okay. I don't own any Rocky movies. Why? Because you don't like Will Smith? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't like Ryan Reynolds. That's why I don't own Rocky Four. I don't like, like Ryan Reynolds. I'm I'm not a huge fan. Right. I no, think I, he's kind of kind of awesome. That's what he is. Well Did you see Dead I mean, you I, saw Deadpool, right? No. You didn't see Deadpool? No. I mean, this is what I'm talking about. You gotta <laughs> you gotta set aside these things. Because Deadpool... Do I, though? Yeah, because Deadpool is like... <laughs> it's all the things that you really enjoy. It's mm-hmm. like a Marvel movie, but it's super, uh, you know, dark, gratuitous. But the humor is outstanding. Um, I mean, I find it a little shocking that you... Because you watch all the Marvel movies, right? You watch them all. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do. Now, Bodhi probably shouldn't watch it because it's not really appropriate. Agreed. Um, yep. Are you watching it now? I'm not watching oh, it. Okay. <laughs> pulling it up, pulling up the trailer. Looking up, I'm looking up fun facts for 1986. Okay. Well, you should write yourself a note to watch Deadpool uh, one and two because I know you will enjoy them. Um, the Merc with a Mouth. Uh, I'm sure everybody <laughs> listening would agree with that. I mean, I'm open to watching it. I'm totally open to watching it. Well, I just think it's strange you haven't watched it because it, you know, that fits. If I mean loosely, it fits into the timeline of the MCU. Um, yeah, you know, there's some. It's but it's it's kind of that dark, twisted uh, view of it. You know, they have have more fun with with things. Well, I mean, I'm, I know they're making another one, so I'll probably have to watch them. Kristen wants to watch it. My wife, Kristen. Wait, what? Like, oh. Okay, so, okay. And and you still haven't seen it? Yeah. Kristen wants to watch nothing. So this, <laughs> nothing that you want to watch, yeah. I should say. But Except for Ted Lasso. And right. Succession. Fantastic. Succession, Ted Lasso, absolutely. But the, you're saying that Kristen wants to watch Deadpool and you're like, no, because Ryan Reynolds is in it? What? This is crazy. This is crazy. 
This, I apologize. This is, well, I just, I mean, I'm, su- I'm surprised that you don't find this as outrageous as I do. You should be outraged mm-hmm. by yourself. You should be watching Deadpool as soon as we're done recording. <laughs> I'm, I, I can't because I'm going to be recording Territory Marks in a, in a few days. And by the way, if you've not checked out Territory Marks, check it out. You can't, it's a lot of fun. You can't watch Deadpool because you're going to record Territory Marks in a few days? I have to watch some wrestling matches. Oh, that'll take you <laughs> 10 minutes. They last six minutes. You don't need to watch them. You've memorized them. No. Look, all right. All I'm saying is I feel fine. fairly confident Jeez. that you will enjoy Deadpool. And the fact that I'm your sure wife wants to watch it and you're denying her this 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 joy I, um, is seems yep. like abuse. So I just, you know, I might oh, have wow. to report you to the television wow. television abuse authorities movie. How dare you? AMTP. And then, wow. and then add that into the strike, the writer's strike. <laughs> Um, which uh, wow. when we're listening to this, let's assume the writer's strike is still happening. It probably is. Anyway, that's a lot of thoughts. I've said more words in this episode than I've ever said in my life. So uh, watch. I guess we're going to have to do a Deadpool. Watch Deadpool. I'll watch it with okay. you. It's great. Fine. How about Deadpool? I can leave right uh, now. Clint Eastwood's Deadpool. How about Dirty Harry Deadpool? I, it's, you know, that's good too, but. Is it though? The original Dirty Harry with... Uh, no, Dirty Harry's Deadpool. Right. No, Jim I'm Harry. saying... I'm just saying the original Dirty Harry, which we already talked about. Um, Rennie Santoni and Andrew Robinson. Andrew, Andrew Robinson. Uh, yes. And and Rennie. Uh, Rennie? 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 Rennie. Rennie. Uh, Rennie. 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 Yeah. Anyway, this... If you're still listening, bless you. Sign up for our Patreon. Oh, I guess we still, still- we still have to say facts, right? We still got to say things. We do, but but I was going to say, it's also my birthday month. Uh, it's the month of June, so it's my birthday month. Happy birthday. Thanks. To you. I totally set you up to say that. Um, I was just going to pull three facts from 86. Three facts from 86, because we've come, we're, we have and we will continue to cover so many movies from 86. I'm going to pull out three kind of obscure facts from 86. Are you familiar with the video game Super Mario Brothers The Lost Levels? Uh, no. No, I'm not. It came out in 1986, released in June of 86, and was not released stateside because it was deemed too difficult. So it was released where? Japan? Japan, yep. Got it. And apparently it had 32 levels across eight worlds, 20 bonus levels. But it was too challenging for American wow. gamers. Take that, America. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to do the found levels. Sorry. Yeah. Um, in June of 86, Labyrinth was released. I've seen it. And dare I say, oh. wow, that's a callback. Safe to say. Safe to say. Safe to say. Safe to say, not dare I say. Safe to say there's more fans of Labyrinth than there are of Cobra. Yeah. That applies. It's interesting. You can sort of do safe to say or dare I say, use them interchangeably. They still work. They do. Because it is safe to say that there are more fans of Labyrinth than, than Cobra. That's It is safe to say that. 
I will say though, from a parent perspective, if you're going to show that to your kids, Cobra's better. Cobra's better. <laughs> no, uh, Labyrinth is is scary. Labyrinth can be scary though for for younger audiences. Brutal. Yeah. Guy comes in your house to abduct you. Well, comes in he, saying he took the you're he, just sixteen years old. He took the baby. I mean, yeah, yeah. He, I, I think Jennifer Connelly just chased the baby. It's fine. He just she took, did, but he took, takes a baby. He took the baby. Well, come on, that's what you, that's what you do in in like Disney movies. The ba- the baby gets it to get up. Good old good old Jim Henson, rest in peace. Willow masterpiece. You know, of make, uh, make Aurora, him. Aurora. Don't take my baby. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mm. Yep. Mad Morgan. Mad Morgan. I'm not a huge fan of Willow. I'm sorry. Just what are they? There are moments. Yeah. Val Kilmer for me. That's why I like Willow. Yeah. What are they? What are they? Uh, everyone calls Willow. Oh, Peck. They're like, get out of my Peck. way, Peck. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, we don't need to spend any more time on that. But no. Now, last last fun fact. You know the actor Hal Linden. What do you know Hal Linden from? Oh, uh, I have a problem with all actors named Hal because I confuse them. Hal Linden, Hal Holbrook. Um, so if I saw his face, I could tell you what I know him from, but I don't. Let me see how great 70s sitcom that he was a part of. Great theme song for that sitcom. Is, is Hal Linden. Um, He's the title character on a show. Oh, is he? Um, why can I? Oh, is he Barney Miller? Yeah. He's Barney Miller. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So you know Hal Linden from Barney Miller? Yes. What do you know Harry Morgan from? Uh, Harry Morgan. Har- this is not an 80s show. Uh, 80s question, I guess. Cause- Harry Morgan. Well. Oh, uh, Dragnet. Dragnet. Yes. And MASH. And MASH. Right? Yes. So the two of them had a short-lived sitcom. Sitcom, I guess. No, no, it was an hour-long uh, episodic television show called Blackie's Magic. Blackie's Magic only ran for thirteen episodes. It closed out its run. End of May, beginning of June-ish, depending on what market you're in. Um, it was about a a magician, Hal Holbrook, and his father. Wait, Harry Hal, Hal Holbrook. Sorry, Hal, Hal oh, Linden. Like he was in that too. Yeah, like that's really confusing. He was no Hal Linden. Hal Linden was a magician, um, and his father is Harry Morgan. He's a con man. And they solve uh, mystery crimes together. They they solve crimes together using magic. That's weird. Blackie's magic. That sounds good. TV Obscura's next episode upcoming. I mean, it could be. It could be. Check it check is. out TV Obscura on podcast. It is. Um, and then Hal Hal Needham, right? So I, I always confuse my Hal's. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then Hal from two thousand one. Yep. Hal Sparks. Uh, oh yeah. Talk soup for a little bit. Talk soup. Um, yeah. Hal, Hal, the good time. Never mind. Hal, yeah. Hal, the good, the good time, pal. The good time, pal. Hal. 
hey, hey, cue uh, Voices of America's Sons. Come on. Um, Hal Ashby. Yeah. A, Hal yeah, Ashby. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Now that's a notable one in a good way. A lot of Hal's. Um, so that's 1986. That's Cobra. That's the soundtrack. It's safe to assume that's very controversial soundtrack uh, in, in, in this in this realm between Dustin and I yet again. Um, yeah. But it's nice to see that the songs were used throughout the film versus just tagged on at the end like a lot of movies did. Right, and just throw it on the soundtrack. And you're like, where do they use that? And they're like, they didn't. Where they use that? Yeah. Uh, and then on the actual physical soundtrack itself, uh, Sylvester LaVey's scores, some of his songs are on there too. So you get to get to hear some of those bad boys as well, I, which is I, cool. I love them. I mean, they're, they're, they're good. They're good songs. will definitely show back up on this show and hopefully be a guest down the road in two weeks we've got brian thompson you do not want to miss that one he did two dollars six questions with us sign up to our patreon uh obviously we 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 promote it because it's good stuff we love it we love what we do it helps keeps the lights on thank you for all of you who have signed up thanks for all the subscriptions blah 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 the positive comments Keep it coming, y'all. I will say, too, if you can uh, go on over to YouTube and just hit the little subscribe button there, that would be helpful as well. And yes, we put as much time into this, the YouTube channel as we do into the audio version of this Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, show. I don't know that people know that it exists. If you want to watch these interviews, if you, you know, that's the place to do it. And that's one you want to watch for sure. Uh, oh, Brian because- Thompson. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of. A lot of he's, visuals. he's known for having that grizzled, like that very chiseled face. Um, and but he does some things, shows us some things uh, that you don't want to miss visually. It sounds potentially creepy, but I know what you're saying. That's the point. Okay. That's the point. Right. He shows us some things. It's like an after school special with Gordon Jump. Yes, yes. Gordon Jump. Amazing. <laughs> hey, hey uh, you like video games? You want to come in the back and play some? Oh boy. You guys like horses? You see my dog? Mm, wow. Zach, why are you not wearing your t-shirt? You came in with one. I, I, I'm, I oh, don't want to talk about I it. I spilled some wine on your <laughs> shirt. Um, luckily for you, I have a washing machine right here in the back of the arcade. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, but um, I hope everyone celebrates my birthday by doing something fun and watching Deadpool. <clears throat> um, yeah, or just, you know, do so, doing something kind, writing a note to a stranger's child okay so <laughs> just to button up because it is the summertime we just <laughs> stranger's child oh. don't take candy from oh a stranger God. things can happen to put you in danger no that's not it um, dumb ways to die <laughs> i wrapped up this summer uh this school year with bodhi eclipsing 1,100 notes. Oh, wow. In fact, uh, we, we went a, quite a few numbers, wow. quite a few after that. Wow. I think we're at like 117, maybe wow. 116. 1,115, I think, might be the final count. I forget. Just go back. You can check out my Instagram and whatever. But um, anyways, cheap a lot of notes. At Zach Schaefer, Instagram. Yeah, um, check it out. Check it out. And do you... 
Do you already have them written for next year? No. Okay. That's disappointing, but new adventure. I gotta, I gotta, this takes time. Mm, I understand, but I feel like I'd want them done already. New adventure. I know. Well, you gotta, you gotta go scout the lay of the land. You gotta, you know, summer new stories. They gotta be topical too. I can't just pull something that like, Right. I'll write something and then it won't apply right, when, he's, when he yeah. starts fourth grade. Right. You'll be like, um, you know, the political climate. Well, that that's probably be the same. But you'll write like, oh, the writer strike is so hard on all the television executive. And then it'd be over. And you're like, oh, man, that's so. Why did I do that? Why did I do that? I, yeah, I would write something like writing is important, Bodhi. Uh, writing is important, homie. Words matter. Words yeah, mean things. Yeah. And words should be appreciated. So when you write something to someone, it is appreciated. Yep. And it should be valued. Yes. Hashtag writer yes. strike. Yes. Hashtag we support the writer right. strike. Yep. WGA supports. You know, and SAG will probably be striking too at that point, and the DGA will be striking. It's yeah, you don't want to get involved in the strikes with your notes. You just don't want to bring them in. It's connected to the writer strike because he's a writer and he's he's a executive producer as well. Um, Bodie. Brendan Hay. Oh, Brendan, Brendan Hay. Hay put yep. out uh, the Mogwai series. Uh, I think it, I don't know how many episodes have aired at this point, but check it out on, on Max, which formerly was HBO Max. We dropped a quick little interview with AJ Lacasio. AJ Lacasio uh, and yep. Secrets of the Mogwai is, is the show. Secrets of the Mogwai. Yep. He voices Gizmo. Um, and you know, we, we, we heavily uh, support that show, and you guys should check it out for sure. We've got a lot of stuff on our on our page, YouTube, uh, all the the regular audio feed, our Patreon page. So much is stuff. Going so much stuff. So yep. much content. So, yeah, for my birthday, do something that honors somebody. How about that? Yes, put your balls on Zach's <laughs> brother's face for his Elephant birthday, man. and then, and then go man. vengeance. Vengeance is ours. Fair is fair. It's time. To the next time. Yep. To the next time, y'all. Happy birthday, Zach. Double digits. Play us out, John Cafferty. Working so hard, trying to make a living. Hey! I just wanted to say goodbye and remind you that the good guys always win, even in the 80s. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a four... Is it five-star rating? (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We really...
Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. If you listen to us on Spotify, that's great too. And you can find us on the internet. (laughs) Don't forget to check out our website at $2LateFee.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at $2LateFeePodcast. We'll see you next time. We did it. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.